Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Hey, if you're visiting, like Nick said, an extra warm welcome to you guys. Hey, on a seat near you as you take your seat, there'll be one of these. See these green cards here? This is your official green card to stay in Australia. No, that's a joke. Um, what this year is, we're actually going to be committed to growing this year as a church. And uh, what this is, is this is reading our Bible in a year. Bible in a year. Uh, so if you want to check that out, get hold of that. But um, I think this year, um, we're going to really focus on growing individually, but also growing our faith and relationship with God. And one of the key ways we do that is reading His letter to us, the Bible. I'm going to get straight into it. I'm going to read from Psalm 24. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. David sung, this is a song, a psalm of David. This is a worship song that he sung to God. And his revelation was that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What do, you, do we believe that? I think that we would live differently if we believed that everything was God's, that everything came from him, revolved around him, that he was the center and the start of it all. Firstly, we need to understand that we belong to him. Do we believe that? We belong to him. And then all of a sudden, it, it, if we know that we belong to him and that the earth is the world and everything in it, that all the people belong to him, then all of a sudden, no one is displaced. No one is alone. No one is too far gone. No one is left out. No one is ostracized. You see, the way that we care for our world matters because it's his. He's given us his job to steward the earth and everything in it because it's all his. The people belong to him. You are an image bearer of God. Do we know that? You're an image bearer of God. Let me encourage you. Someone needs to know, like, I don't know whether you're struggling with self-identity today, but God loves you. He created you and you are made in his image. Do we treat people like they are made in his image? Our spouse, sometimes those closest to us get the worst end of the deal. Our family, our kids, they are a gift from God. Our enemies. It's easy to love those that love us. But I actually think that enemy love is a sign of a heart filled with the love of God. Just earlier in the psalm before this, we, we know Psalm 23, it's very well known, but it says that he prepares a banquet for us in the presence of our enemies. That we like the banquet part, but it gets awkward when our enemies knock at the door and want to come into our banquet. It's like, I love food, but I don't want to sit with my enemies. See, this is the God that we serve where he loves the enemies. There's so many stories through the Bible that emulate this. Jonah is a story of a man that went to, the Israel, to, to Israel's enemies. And they all turned back to God and they repented from their sin. And Jonah's in this place going, what, God? I knew you were good. And he's cut. <laughs> I knew you were going to forgive them if they turned to you. And it was the first time in the Bible that we see that God loves our enemies. He's not just our God. He is God. 
The Good Samaritan is another story of this, of enemy love in the Bible. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That means that our job is that we are stewards of all that he has given us. In Mark chapter 12, there's a very well-known parable I'd like to read for you. It's a parable of the wicked vine dressers. Are we ready? Verse 1. Then he began to speak to them in parables. This is Jesus speaking to the people. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a place for the wine vat, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he may receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. And they took him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Everyone go, oh no. Again, he sent them another servant. And at him they threw stones. Oh no. Wounded him in the head and sent him away shamefully treated. And again he sent another and they killed him. And many others beating some and killing some. Therefore still having one son, his beloved son, he also sent him to them last saying, they will respect my son. But those vine dressers said to, among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Verse 9, Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. Have you not ever read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is, what the, Lord, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Pretty challenging parable, would you say? What is it a story of? It's a story of stewardship. It's a story of God giving us, like this psalm says, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He has entrusted things into our care and we are responsible for them. Who are we in the parable? The vine dressers. We're the ones that have got stewardship over what he has left us with. That's us. The stewards the master has left in charge. Similar to my message this morning, our job is to render the fruit to him in the right season. How are we doing with that? There's moments when I'd be happy if the master would show up, and there's moments where I wouldn't be happy if the master would show up. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There's times where it's like, yeah, God, look at me. I've got this under control. There's times where it's like, we're Adam and Eve, we're hiding in the garden thinking he can't see us. Verse 3 in Psalm 24, it says, Who can climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? I love that David questions this of the Lord and it's almost like, who's in God? Who has access to your presence? Who's qualified? This is a major question in the Old Testament. God, who can access your presence? Because the presence of God in the Old Testament was known to come on people for a specific task or a specific time in a specific moment. Not so now. You have been qualified through the completed work of Jesus, through his death, his life, his death, his resurrection, and the outpouring of the Spirit so that we can have full access to the presence of God. Who can meet with God? Whosoever. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting. This is for everyone. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He has qualified us. 
Remember when Jesus was on the cross and he passed away and the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom? So no longer it was about purity rituals or doing the right thing in the right moment to get access to the presence of God, but it was almost like this was torn from top, like as though it was coming from him. He was saying, no, come to me. I want to live in and through you. Let's do life together. He qualified us to have access to his presence. Psalm 24 verse 4, only those whose hands and hearts are pure. This is his response, his question saying, hey, who can access your presence, God? And then he's saying, well, well, now we know that it's everyone. But David goes, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. The lies thing's funny. We're trying to teach honey at the moment not to tell lies. It's like, have you noticed with kids, like they don't need help sometimes to lie? Like, her latest thing is stealing. Like, she got it from Kim. Um, <laughs> no, that's a joke. It's like every time we pick her up from kidney, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing home my hair tie. I'm, I'm like, that's not yours. Like, oh, this is my Lego. No, you didn't take any Lego. It's like, seriously, she gets it from granddad. <laughs> no, he's just in the room, so I thought I'd include him in the service tonight. What am I saying? Pure hands. Um, for, for Christmas, we got Jethro a turtle. Who's had a pet turtle before? They're pretty cool pets, hey? Times have changed. When I was a kid growing up in Emerald, it was just catch them in the creek, keep them at home. Now it's like have a reptile license, buy the thing, get the tank, do it all properly. So we got Jethro a turtle, and, um, and the thing I didn't know about turtles was that they, they can carry salmonella. Did you know that? Because they eat raw food and that sort of stuff. So we're constantly like, wash your hands after you play with Mikey. Mikey after Michelangelo, you know, the best turtle. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But we're like, kids, clean your hands so that you don't get sick or we don't, you know, contaminate other things. This is what David's saying here. He's saying clear ha- clean hands to handle valuable things because God wants the best for us that he doesn't want us to damage ourselves. Just like I love my kids by saying, wash your hands so you don't get sick. God's saying, hey, purify yourself. There's a better way to live than carrying that muck around the whole time. Pure heart. Pure heart speaks of a motive. A motive just to honor God and love him and love the people that he has put in our path. Who do not worship idols, he says next. This is an interesting one because I don't think that we're going home and creating idols or bowing down to idols. It's not like that anymore. But I think things like consumerism and things like this, our desire for wealth, our jobs, our careers can all be idols in our life now. And it's almost like in our society, it's like it's championed. It's so much valued. It's like, oh, no, no, no. You, we don't worship idols, but yeah, work hard because we've got to get ahead. You need this. You need that. What car do you drive? What house do you live in? Idols. As Christians, I think we can live on a different value system where our value isn't by what we own, by what we drive, but it's by who God is and what he has done for us. When we start to see the intrinsic value that we have, we can start to see it in others as well. Who do not worship idols, tell, who don't tell lies. I already talked about that honey, the funny bunny. It's one of the commandments, hey? Um, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. What does that mean? It means we can't say, ah, oh. is that right? We can't use his word instead of another bad word when we hurt ourselves. 
No, it's so much bigger than that. Taking the Lord's name in vain, to me, it means that I identify as a Christian, yet I live in such a way that represents him badly. That is taking the Lord's name in vain, where it's like, hey, I call myself this, but when you look at me, it's nothing like him. That is taking the Lord's name in vain. So not only do we not tell lies, but we don't live lies. Do you know how freeing it is to not have to hide things from people? It's good for us. Do you know how how freeing it is to not live a lie? It is the most best way to live. Psalm 24, let's read on verse 5. It says, they will receive the Lord's blessing. I love that. I believe there's blessing attached to living in life in proximity with God. And have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. O God of Jacob, this is called right standing with God. He has made us right with him. We understand this. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of Christ in our own good works because we're awesome. And we don't. No, in him. Christ is our qualifier. He has made us righteous apart from our righteous deeds so that we have right standing with him. And then we have, because of our right standing with him, we have the excellence, the privilege of experiencing God's presence, of hosting God's presence so that we can come boldly into his courts that we can access his presence so that when we walk in a church, the roof doesn't fall in or the people aren't judging us because that's not who our God is. I love how it says that, and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Do we know who Jacob is? Yeah, Scotty and Charlene's son. No, it's only Jacob I know. Sorry, guys. Welcome. He'd love the shout out, Jacob, if you, wherever you are right now. <laughs> Jacob's Ridge, or I don't know where you live, but I think there. Um, what am I saying? He literally lives in Jacob's Ridge. He's got his own estate named after him, that dude. What am I saying? You see, Jacob, God changed Jacob's name in the Bible to Israel. So it's funny when they, uh, every time it's referenced God of Jacob, it's like God of Jacob represents the pre-transformed life. That he's not just the God of Israel. He's not just the God of the guy that has it all together but he's the God of the guy who's on a journey. Jacob refers to the guy when he cheated his brother out of his birthright, when he ran away from everything that he had and he was running away, and that's the God of Jacob, the God that knows exactly who we are, all of our flaws, all of our failures, yet he loves us. I believe that when David refers to him as God of Jacob, it's not just because he forgot that God changed his name. He hadn't read that far in the Bible that wasn't written yet. No, It wasn't that. It was a, no, God of Jacob, that our unperfected self. Our real life, not our Instagram life, our real life, God loves us. Jacob was a deceiver, a thief, and yet he is the God of Jacob. Let's read on in Psalm 24, verse 7. It says, open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. And let the king of glory enter. 
Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Will we open up? I know it's a very simple question, but will we? The extent of which I feel God's presence in my life, the extent of which I see him at work in my family is the extent to which I open my life up and I allow him to take control, to come in, to transform, to anoint, to to cut off, to translate, to do all these different things. Will we open the gate of our heart and will we receive him again? Not only is God the creator of of all things, but I believe he's the lens that we view our world. I see my world through the filter of God now. He is a way of life, the best way to live. God is also a presence to be experienced. I think David knew this. I think time's out mending the flock looking after the sheep when he had this moments in silence and solitude and he cried out to God, I believe that he experienced the presence of God in the midst of boredom, in the midst of, I don't know how many times you can count the sheep. That's where, you know, he was a good sleeper because all he did was count sheep all day. That's a, that's a joke for you. Tough crowd. Normally my wife laughs at all my jokes and I can't even get her to laugh this time. That's how you, that's how you know it's really good. And he's looking after a sheep, man, and he had these encounters with God, and he's like, God, I open up my life afresh to you. This was the preparation to be king, to lead a nation, to do great things. It, it, it wasn't just looking after the enemies that would come and try and take the sheep, as we, we hear a bit, the lion and the bear, but it was this presence, it was hosting the presence of God, was what qualified David to lead a nation. When was the last time you opened up your life afresh to God? Like, I kind of grew up in church, so I've had lots of experiences in church. I talk about this a bit. Weird things happen when you're going around the church. They do. But I can honestly say that when I open up my heart, when I open up my life, God does something different. Will you let the king of glory enter afresh? Will you allow his strength? I like how it says, the Lord strong and mighty. I kind of wish a lot of the time it was like Slats strong and mighty. Like Slats has got this, man. Don't worry, God, I got this. But it's not the case. The Bible says that he's made his weakness, his, our strength is made perfect in his, no, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. It's not Slats' strength that's on show here. It's God's. It's not Slats' ability. It's His. It's not your goodness. It is His goodness. His strength in us. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. I just want to create a moment right now. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me right now. Wherever you are tonight, whatever life looks like to you up until this point, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God for the first time. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you don't know this God that I'm talking about. Or maybe you have in the past, but life kind of got busy and things happened and you've kind of walked away from him. 
If you're here tonight and you'd like to make a decision to follow God, I'd love to give you an opportunity to respond. I'd love to pray a prayer with you and start a journey towards God. Is that you tonight? Just give me a wave and I'll lead you in a prayer and then we'll, I'm going to do some other things in the service. But if you're here tonight and you want to make a decision, say, hey, Slats, yeah, that's me. I want to know who God is. Give me a wave and we'll pray after the service. Awesome. Fantastic. The rest of us. Open up those ancient gates. Open up those ancient doors and let the king of glory enter in. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to encounter his presence afresh. I was talking to the youth before the service and you can open your eyes. I was talking to the youth before the service and um, the stories and the testimonies that was coming from youth, ad- youth leaders advance was so encouraging to see. There's something when we open our lives, when we set time aside up and allow God to come in, he transforms, he changes, he, and um, I just think he wants to do it tonight. So why don't we stand to our feet right now? We're going to pray and then I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and invade our lives afresh. God, right now, We turn our attention, our focus towards you. God, just like King David, God, right now we open up our hearts. God, we open up our minds and we ask for just a fresh touch of your goodness, a fresh touch of your grace, Lord. God, I just pray for those, Lord, right now that are struggling with a few things. But first thing, God, unforgiveness right now. God, I pray, Lord, that in this place, God, that as we open up, God, I just pray that unforgiveness would break off right now, God. God, I just pray for those, Lord, that are struggling with unmet expectations, where it feels like you didn't come through the way that they thought. God, right now, I just ask, Lord, that you would soften that right now. God, that we would open up the gates and we would let you come in. God, I pray for those, Lord, of us that are struggling in this room, Lord, struggling to forgive or, or struggling, Lord, with, the, with, the, with those people in our life. God, I thank you, Lord, that because of you, there is no us and them. There's only us. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you would release us of carrying the weight of that offense or that hurt or that pain, Lord, we pray right now. God, I pray for those, Lord, that it feels like it's been a long time since I've experienced you. Holy Spirit, would you minister right now? Would you touch? right now, Holy Spirit. God, I just pray for those right now, Lord, that that are struggling with mental health right now, Lord. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would touch their minds, Lord, that you would touch their emotions, Lord, and that this would be the start of a journey towards wholeness, I pray right now. God, I pray for those, Lord, that are struggling physical, Lord, that need physical healing right now, God. I just ask for your healing power to flow afresh, God, to flow afresh. God, I pray for those that are struggling with their identity, Lord, and they don't know who they are anymore. God, I just thank you, Lord, that they are children of you. And God, that you would just show them your love and your grace and the plan that you have for them right now in this moment, God. Right now, Lord. As David sung, open up the gates, I just want us to open up our lives tonight. The team's going to lead us in worship. And if you just want prayer for anything, 
maybe just want a fresh touch of God. Maybe you want to know what it feels like when David sung, let the King of Glory enter in. We're going to pray for you. Thanks, team. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.